Welcome to the WAN Show, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a fantastic show lined up for you all today. First and foremost, we are going to need to address <clears throat> the early reviews for Intel's Arc GPUs. It yeah. is not looking good. Also, BuzzFeed News listened to TikTok, listened to us. Uh, I have not reviewed the topics for this week. Apparently, that's a main one, so I guess we'll talk about that. <laughs> what else we got? Also, uh, a response to Critical. Critical. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm saying that name correctly, but Critical. Um, and yeah, in, in regards to featured main topics, uh, we're out of them now, so we're diving into the other ones, and I'm going to say uh, GitHub Copilot. I don't know. I have a few things to say about that. It costs $10 now. Or a hundred a year. There you go. And it's more widely available? Question mark. I thought sort of everyone had access to it before, but maybe not. Uh, but yeah, now it's more generally available and it costs money. That was basically the whole topic. Way to spoil No, it. there's more to it, man. We got to talk about it for like at least 60 seconds. Why don't we jump right into our first topic of the day, which is that the early reviews for Intel Arc graphics are not looking good. You know, we talked about this yeah. way back at the height of the GPU shortage. We were like, man, Intel's got to ship these GPUs now because even though we know they've been delayed and we know that they might not be on par with the best from AMD and NVIDIA right out of the gate, you know, first generation woes, right? If they manage to ship something today, it's an automatic W because the pricing for everything else is so utterly ridiculous that they couldn't possibly look like idiots. And yet their timing was like hilariously bad. Yeah. Because the market just tanked, which is great. To be very clear, yeah, great it's just for gamers. Not great for Intel necessarily. Um, Overall but, performance yeah. for the entry level Alchemist GPU looks like the GTX sixteen fifty Super or Radeon RX sixty four hundred in most real world tests, and it's often beaten out by its competitors. Now, strangely, it seems to perform much better in synthetic benchmarks, but. Unless your name is, oh, I don't know, Kingpin, you probably don't care that much about synthetic benchmarks and yeah. you want to play actual real games. In what appears to be Intel's reviewer's guide, the only times that this was not the case in Intel's own internal testing were Nikara Blade Point, where it beat the 1650 Super by 2 FPS, and the RX 6400 by 6 FPS, and Nizahan, where it got 200 FPS across the board. I have never heard of either of those games. You guys will have to forgive me for being such an ignorant, ignorant gamer. Okay, so I'm, I'm just looking into this. It, Nakara or Naraka? Oh, Naraka. Sorry, excuse N me. Naraka, Naraka Blade Point. looks like a very highly rated game. It looks quite no it's not that new i see a naraka blade point xbox launch trailer from one day ago um 
but then it also says initial release date August 11th, 2021. So I have no idea. But I think uh, this is a NetEase game. So I wouldn't be too surprised if this is more popular in the market that they're launching the GPU in. Mm-hmm. And I assume that might be the same with Nizan as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be what's going on. I am kind of wondering if it's performing well in synthetics, but not in games. I wonder if it does well in like research applications and stuff. I mean, I can't Maybe say there's... anything that I know. Gotcha. All I can say is whatever's here. Yeah. So my drivers attested against the GTX 1050 Ti with their aggregate results looking like uh, the 1050 Ti being about 77% of the A380's performance. That's kind of a yikes. <laughs> uh, the 1650D6 being about 10% faster than the A380 oh. and the RX 6400 being about 10% faster. Now we should take early results with a grain of salt. Sort of, because the fact that Intel's own reviewer's guide, their own guidance materials seem to suggest that performance is going to be terrible um, would add a lot of credibility to third-party <laughs> testing that indicates performance is going to be terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. However, however, it should be noted that the A380 is supposedly the, the like, the i3, right? Like, the 3 is the the, the basic the basic tier part of the ARC range. So it was never going to be competitive with, you know, a RTX 3080 or anything like that. It's still a disappointing first outing. And honestly, I'm a little surprised that Intel is going entry level first, given that the convention for at least the other two players in flagship this launch duopoly is to launch with your flagship and then follow up actually amd doesn't really have any kind of method and honestly nvidia launches with a flagship but then a little bit later on launches another card that's better than it yeah well they're they're both kind of all over the place yeah. but in general yeah. in general it's a big boy card you're trying to set the tone for your new generation by launching your flagship card taking the performance crown looking like a big dog you know intel meanwhile is like hey we have this thing it's Here's like, a little one it's kind of not very good but um yeah this is a Go team blue slightly yeah. off topic but what do you think of the naming scheme like the alchemist battle mage stuff. And, and then I think it's like sick. The numbers afterwards. You like um, it? The numbers are fine if they really meant anything. But as far as I can tell, I, okay, so A is obviously alchemist. Yeah. Right? And as they release further series of GPUs, it seems C, fairly D, straightforward. E, F, yeah. They're going to go through the alphabet. It, yeah. It's, pre- it's pretty clear where they're going with that. Yeah. Three. I dig it. Um, what the only thing I don't like about the three is that it kind of bucks the rest of the industry's trend. Okay. Uh, where the the first number is the generation. I see what Intel's doing, where the letter is the generation. And honestly, if they maintain this naming scheme, they'll probably have a more clear nomenclature than AMD and Nvidia, who just kind of seem to that randomly and like skip random generations and yeah i mean they they literally have multiple cards amd has multiple cards with the same four numbers right like (laughs) it's 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 amd amd (laughs) amdness that 
AMD used to do a March Madness promo called March AMDness. Yeah. 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 So I was trying to I was trying to figure out how you would pronounce AMDness. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is that I see where they're going with this, but it's a little bit confusing from a consumer perspective when we have an established okay GPU the style. First number is the tier. So now you've got okay, no, no, no. The letter is the tier, and then we've got the 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 next the the next one is sorry the letters that sorry the first number is the generation right so now we've got the letter is the generation and then this next number is what tier of GPU it is and it used to be it is with the other guys that the first number is the generation and the second number is the the performance tier the performance class then it gets a little confusing for me I mean I haven't seen the entire Arc Alchemist lineup um, I don't know that Intel has officially announced uh, Intel Arc Alchemist lineup. Have they officially announced the whole lineup? These are apparently leaks. A350M. Hold on. Do we have just like a slide? Okay, here we go. I'll share my screen. We've got... These are these appear to be all... Oh my goodness. Go away. These appear to be mobile. So we've got A350M, A370M. So that all kind of makes sense. It's Alchemist. It's three tier. And then it's either a 50 or a 70. And then you've got... It's pretty typical Potential for these companies, for yeah, to to leave an unused digit yeah. in case they ever want to do. It's fine, you know, a, a, an A three fifty five or something along those lines. But yeah. the funny thing about that, to me anyway, is that more often than not, they're going to end up using a suffix anyway: pro, xt, <laughs> gt, gtx, or both. yeah, or both. <laughs> so you're you're kind of sitting there going, okay, well, you got to pick a lane. <laughs> you got to pick a lane. Which one is it? Yeah. I like the yeah the the numbers part, and I understand what you're saying with like the leaving the conventions for GPUs and stuff. I think there you have a point there. I don't personally really care too much to be honest. I actually really like the lettering, and okay. I and I like the names that go along with the lettering. I think it's cool. Okay. Um, I think a lot of stuff has gotten very serious over the years. Um, like if you look at even just like GPU box art. Oh man! Now compared to back in the day, what Nvidia has done to GPU box art is it should be a, considered a crime. It's a crime, yeah. There, it's all so samey now, it's and so you guys sterile. know why, right? It's because Nvidia forces it. They have to approve the box art from their board partners, so you'll you'll never see like cool box art anymore. At least not in the North American region. There's still some pretty out there, like wacky, colorful box art designs in other regions, but they all have to adhere to Nvidia's rules. Yeah, they're just also boring and sterile, and like I, ugh, I get it, but it's it's. I think it's kind of nice to just have some fun with it a little bit, like Alchemist Battle Mage. Like oh, that's cool. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure. Down. Why not? And then I I like, I like that they're just going along the alphabet because yeah, it's really clear. It's clear within Intel's own stack. I yeah. do I do understand your point of it deviating from the other ones. I wonder how far in advance they've thought. Did they did they figure out the entire alphabet or are they gonna be like Google and sort of realize at some point, okay, we're running out of we're running out of desserts here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> what are we gonna do? We're okay, okay. New plan. New plan. We invent a dessert. Then we name our next Android after you know what? F it. We're going back to just numbers. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I I feel like Intel would have planned it all out. I feel like that would be an Intel move. I feel like I might have said something like that. 
until back when Intel transitioned their Xeon branding to this whole uh, gold, silver, bronze, platinum nonsense that means absolutely uh, nothing with respect to performance or the application that that particular chip is intended for. So no, Luke, I really do not think they thought it out. I had I had this thought like a while ago. It wasn't like, I mean, like a couple weeks ago of like, you know, like we dog on companies for like bad naming schemes all the time. I should make sure that like, I, I, I say good things about the next one that's actually good and then then you bring that up. Yeah, no, it's pretty. So uh, that was horrible. It was pretty rough. <laughs> that was a complete failure. <laughs> It was pretty rough. It was trash. I mean, should we talk about the Core 2 Duo? And then the Core 2 Quad? Is it two or is it four? <laughs> Come on, guys. I mean, admittedly, that was a while ago now. That's Yeah, it's pretty old, but yeah. So Anyways. It's looking like it's going to be pretty rough. There are still ways that Intel could redeem themselves. If they're super useful outside of gaming, then, hey, maybe that's uh, that's part of the value proposition. If their power consumption also, is extremely low, maybe that's part of the value proposition. We also haven't seen their sick cards. Yeah. Like if these are competing with like 50 series cards, like these aren't a lot of the cards that people would be buying to really push for gaming anyways. So we'll have to see until they, uh, we'll have to see when they bring their big stuff out. And to be fair, I don't think that I could call this like a disappointment because I don't think anyone thought they were going to come out swinging super hard either. I mean, I think a lot of people were hoping, hoping for it. Hoping for it, yeah. Especially Fair enough. during the shortage when GPU pricing was just pushing graph, pushing gaming out of reach yeah. for I mean, a majority of people. PC like, gaming was legitimately out of reach for a lot of people. I, I had communications with a bunch of people over the last couple of years that were like, yeah, I mean, if my computer dies, I'm just done. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's for real. It's just too expensive. Unlike you, they have to pay for hardware, Luke. Yeah, no problem, dude. I still remember that conversation. It was a great conversation. Do you even remember that conversation? No. So one time, back when we were still working at NCX, um, you were nervous about something to do with the business and stuff. Um, and you were talking to me about my compensation, because my compensation was ridiculous, because I was getting paid below minimum wage at the time. Yeah, and you by were like, NCIX. Yeah, yeah. And you were like, all I can say is I'll make an agreement. If you keep working with me in whatever capacity, I'll always make sure you have a like a sick gaming machine. <laughs> you did clarify that it's going to be not as good as yours. <laughs> <laughs> you, you made sure to get that in there. But you're like, I'll always make sure you have a computer. And I was like, cool, I'm going to hold you to that. And yeah, every once in a while I bring it up. It's great. Well, I mean, I forgot about it and I've still done it. So yeah. I guess, you yeah. know, there you go. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. <laughs> I love these like ancient agreements. They're fantastic. Yeah, man. I sure agreed to a lot of stuff back then. <laughs> Jeez. It's good. It's uh, good. Another thing that we know about Arc Alchemist is that it's going to support both AV1 decoding and encoding. So it could be the only GPU you can buy today that will still be able to keep up in the in the video transcoding world five, eight, ten years from now we'll when see, AV1 yeah. is prevalent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not now. <laughs> yeah, I mean not now. AV1 is sort of not that not super um, <clears throat> not super relevant today. Yeah. But someday, someday we hope. Oh, 
speaking of someday we hope, we uploaded a video a little while ago talking about the deplorable state of HDR support on YouTube, and I might have some bad news for you. Oh. I heard through the grapevine that that might have ruffled some feathers over oh. at Google and that they might actually be um, paying attention now to the problems that have... I mean, I, this is the kind of That's thing That's a that, good thing. I don't... Whatever. Yeah. Well, cool. I'll get to that. Oh. But it's the kind right. of thing that drives me crazy. Why do you need a high-profile influencer to complain about something that is obviously broken? Why don't you just see that something is obviously broken and put it on the roadmap to fix it? And, you know, I got a lot of flack for talking about this in the context of... What was it? I forget. It was some other thing on, on YouTube or... So, oh, uh, the Jasco situation, I think. Was it Jasco? You got flack for that? I don't know. I don't know. Some, someone else. The point, the point is, I got flack for, you know, taking this, you know, why don't you fix things that are broken position. Oh. Do you remember what I'm talking about now? No, but I just realized why this is bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's coming. Uh, but I got a lot of flack for taking that position. And when when... We don't have our own house in order. We, there's things we do wrong. Uh, there's things that our development projects could could do better. But you got to understand, that, like in the context, right? Google has literal armies, like literal armies of developers, and they are sitting working on pointless shit that nobody asked for when core functionality is still broken. Or actively working to remove certain functionality. That's what's frustrating about mm -hmm. it. That's what sucks. They're running all these experiments for features no one asked them for when just basic stuff is not working. I mean, you want to see something that's a joke? Want to see something I, that's I a joke? I knew the app was going to come up, which is why I mentioned the remove removal of different functionalities. Here's a joke. This is great. Watch this. Forever. I can create a community post Okay, look at this. I can put an image poll, a text poll. I can sure. write some text. I yeah. can put a picture. But but heaven forbid, hold on, let's go to the Linus Tech Tips. How the devil do I just get to the channel from here? Freaking, okay. Community post. Wait, what? They work now? Holy crap. My community posts are working. Okay. Was that a problem with that phone? Hold on, this is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work on, to my knowledge, any foldable phone. Hold on, let's go ahead. Let's... uh. Whoa, okay. All right, it works. Hold on, can I post a story? Nope, still can't do that. All right, never mind. So yeah, still still can't post stories. I've reported, it's been two years. It's been over two years. I've reported it many times. As far as I can tell, it's just like a switch they need to flip in the tablet version of the app, but they, they don't, they, they, they don't do that. Where was I going with this? Uh, yes, right. So they're finally paying attention to HDR, which would be amazing because it is legitimately a better viewing experience when done right. There are still some things they need to fix. For example, on Android, HDR will just yoink your brightness control. Sort of. I mean, this is pretty funny. Uh, watch this. So I'm going to pull up an HDR video. Okay, so you can see if I... Oh, stop. So you can see if I do this here, I'll, I'll do it like this I'm go full screen, right? Okay. So it, that's clearly very HDR. And I go and I try to edit my brightness and be like, no, nah, dog. You're not going to be editing your brightness. But, but, but watch this, watch this. It's as simple as going like this. Playback doesn't Whoa. even stop. It switches to an SDR or, or uh, a tone mapped version of the hdr grade and i can adjust my brightness 
Okay, so Google, here's an idea free of charge. If I go to the effort to swipe down and go like this, why don't you just, just switch it. do that? Yeah. And then have a toggle where I can switch it back to HDR mode here. Or, or, or other idea free of charge, let me just pick not HDR in the quality dropdown. Then it solves it because it's, it would be really hard for us to fully commit to HDR and upload all of our videos in HDR until there's some way that people who don't want to have their retinas burned off in the middle of the night when they're trying to watch in bed, um, for us to have some way for them to enjoy the content as well. It's just going to be impossible for us to do that. Uh, people are saying HDR yoinks brightness on iOS 2, lol, at Linus, at Luke. Um, I don't think that was the point. But I'm not sure. We'll see whatever he's doing. I have no idea. I didn't know this topic was even going to be a thing on the show. So uh, Hold on a second. I'm pretty sure you're wrong. Here's an HDR video. Here it is. That's definitely very HDR. There is. And there's your brightness control. So I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. Yeah. Nope. Confirmed. No, that is not a thing. As Wrecked. usual, Apple does color better than anyone else because they just care, as far as I can tell. Like, it's it's one of those things. Apple has plenty of, you guys could do this right, but instead you engineered the wrong solution. Color is not one of those things. Cool. All right. What's the bad part? Well, we can't have HDR on YouTube and not have it on Floatplane. Yeah, I thought so. All right. Sounds good. We've done it before. It's just really rough. Yeah. But I guess we'll try to clean that up. Is it like clean upable even? Um, yes. But without hiring a bunch of people? <laughs> that's the fun part. Yay. Okay. <laughs> I'm technically, well, I'm done now. Actually, Hiring? I'm done the first stage of backend developer interviews. We still Ooh. have to do technical interviews and stuff. We're starting next week. Um, but yeah, so I could I could pluck people from there. It could happen. All right. What's next? Well, I think we're going to have to talk through this BuzzFeed News listened to TikTok, listen to us topic. Oh, yeah. So everything that you thought was happening is happening. Basically. How did this manage to make it into the dock when we don't have anything about the nothing phone in here? <laughs> I actually have not been keeping up with that. So I don't know. Maybe we'll let you guys just live talk to us about what's exciting about the nothing phone. And we'll just we'll parrot it back to you. You guys will run the WAN show. In the meantime... <laughs> BuzzFeed News listened to TikTok, listen to us. Last Friday, BuzzFeed reported that despite assurances from ByteDance that information gathered about users in the U.S. is stored in the U.S., China-based employees have repeatedly accessed non-public data about U.S. TikTok users. What? Stunning. What? I can't believe this is no! happening. No! <laughs> no, ByteDance! I can't believe no one would have guessed. No one saw this coming. We've been blindsided. Whatever will we do? The leaked audio recorded 80 internal meetings with China-based employees through last fall to the new year. In one of the recordings, a member of TikTok's trust and safety department is quoted as saying, everything is seen in China. What? Stunning. No! How would we have predicted My this? Dance. How could you? <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> Brandon comes in and investigates. He's like, What's happening? <laughs> it's worth remembering that back in 2019, the U.S. government... It's like baby monitoring alarm is going, <laughs> is everything okay here? <laughs> the U.S. government began investigating TikTok's Chinese ownership's uh, national security implications. And a year later, uh, the Donald threatened to ban the app. Uh, many of the recorded meetings focus on TikTok's response to that threat and their Project Texas, which would redirect protected data away from China. Uh, ByteDance is negotiating a contract with Oracle to hold Americans' data in Texas, but uh, what that protected data is is still being negotiated. The recordings indicate it would not include public data, so profiles, posts, etc. Discussion question. Thank you, Jonathan Horst. How should countries regulate foreign social media platforms like TikTok or even Facebook? Uh, what sort of impact could substantive geographical data regulations have on the internet? Massive ones. I mean, basically, the, the, the global internet as we know it could pretty much cease to exist. I mean, we're already seeing this happen. This already exists. Yeah. Yep. Uh, countries with essentially closed internet borders, their own, their own. I mean, would you call it an intranet at that point? I mean, on that mm. scale, I guess it's still an internet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... Oh. It, there's, there's massive substantial uh, impacts from... from doing this type of stuff i think it's inevitable at this point personally i think really? it's going to happen yeah yeah i don't know man i think that users will rebel i think that much like in china where vpn sure. use is just considered if you're willing to run the risk anyway just part of life i think you'll just see people vpn their ways out to you know watch the bbc or participate sure. on but i i think there's going to be some amount of uh, effort to start kind of setting up fences uh, because I think I think like if we if we look at the 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 war in Ukraine right now uh, yeah. one of the most immediate responses that happened um, against Russia was this just volley of cyber attacks into Russia some coming back out for sure but like it was definitely mostly going into Russia yeah um, and one of the immediate threats that people were concerned about coming out of russia uh was kaspersky right yeah russian developed antivirus software um people immediately got very suspicious of that that's going to ramp up moving forward if i was a betting man right um and and softwares and services and stuff developed in different countries that start becoming antagonistic with each other whether that antagonistic nature becomes war or not yeah um I, I think it's kind of irrelevant. Like we're we're seeing this with China and and the U.S. right now over TikTok, right? They're not at war, but they're not exactly friends, right? And they're getting highly concerned about data and people using each other's applications and stuff like that. And sure, China has the firewall up, but um, countries that have more open policies and standards when it comes to the internet don't. Uh, but I don't necessarily think that's going to survive. I'm not saying it. It should die off or it should survive i'm not saying anything like that i yeah. just i don't think it's going to survive that's all yeah kaspersky is currently banned in the u.s i think stuff like that is going to continue i think it's going to keep going 
Floatplane um, chat suggests can country area network. <laughs> yes, we can. Oh boy. Um, yeah, and I mean we're seeing like mini versions of it, right? Um, like government and education institutions in Canada um, have to work with applications that store data in Canada. Right. Have to. Um, right. which is very difficult for small startups because, uh, having like data silos in every single country you want to sell your software in can be difficult and expensive. Oh um, yeah. It would cost a fortune. Yeah. So like, it's, it's very difficult. It's one of the ways that like, uh, during the pandemic, when a lot of things went remote teams like blew up Yeah, because teams has this ability to, to have data silos in countries. They had that already because there was already these regulations in place just a lot of places didn't really care or use it way too much. But then when when remote work exploded, Teams was already very well positioned to do that. Right. Um, and certain other companies that didn't have that capability sort of fell off a little bit or at least didn't have the same gain uh, that companies that did have that capability had. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Cybersecurity is like a huge deal. And uh, I think countries are going to start getting more and more concerned about it moving forward. You know what else is a huge deal? Our sponsors. Um, I was going to actually LTT get over Store. to LTTstore.com because hey. we have some new stuff to announce a this week. A lot of week. new stuff. Actually, a lot of a lot of new stuff. The processor hoodie is getting a reprint alongside dun, 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 the hard drive hoodie. This is a kind of fun, retro-inspired design. Honestly, I think that, hmm, no offense to our team, I think the color grade on this one is not ideal. It's not as, you know what, it looks better on that monitor. Maybe it's just this monitor. Okay, well, either way, it's like a very neon pink and like a very vibrant green. It's a kind of very 90s inspired, like uh, blown up hard drive design on the back. And then we are also doing a reprint in a in a kind of, similarly vibrant colorway of the processor hoodie. These are both done on our own blank hoodies. So they have like the French Terry interior, really nice, really comfortable. Uh, both of these are print to order. So if you order it, it'll take a couple of weeks while we print them. Uh, short, short, <clears throat> short circuit hoodie is in stock. Those ones ship immediately, assuming you don't have anything else that is print to order or back ordered on your order. And we are launching not one, not two, notebook designs. Oh. That's right, notebooks. Check it out. So the LTT logo one that Luke has there, let's go ahead and, oh, we'll go to Luke Cam. Whoop, whoop, nope, nope, Luke Cam. There we go. Sup, Luke. Hello. Oh, wow, oh. you get the whole unboxing experience and everything. I didn't actually want to rip it. It's kind of cool little paper. You can save this for gifts. This is something that was pushed really hard by Sarah. So it's uh, she's she's really into actual paper. This one's kind of the the RGB LTT logo design. Uh, if you want to, I don't know, like flip through it. It's it's it's, I mean, it's paper, just, all right. You have the, your different RGB like little page savers. Yep. Um, it's lined. Yeah. There's a lot of pages. I find a lot of notebooks don't come with this many pages. How is it's like 234 pages or something? Uh, yes, 234 numbered pages, four index pages, three page markers, and it's 100 GSM lined white paper. 
This one, though, is my personal favorite. I'll get you to open up this one. Okay. This is the modern paper notebook. Uh, oh. What makes it modern? Hold on, you gotta show them the front. You gotta show them the front. Oh, yes, very modern. Much electronic. There we go. I had to catch it in the light properly. <laughs> Sarah's also a huge fan of spot gloss. So if you ever see spot gloss on our packaging, you'll know that she advocated for it. <laughs> ah, whatever. I'm ripping it. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. It's just, it, paper, paper. The paper was made to be ripped, okay? Okay, so if I take the little cover off of it, you can see, hopefully. You're going to have to catch oh, it in the wow. light again. Yeah, you're going to have to work pretty hard to catch that one. Uh, it's sort of showing up. I swear to you, in person, it's pretty obvious. It's very obvious because it's uh, it's like a, it's, it's embossed. In, in yeah, yeah, there we go. Um, but you can clearly see there's even like the power buttons and stuff as if it's a tablet. Yeah, hold on, I'll just switch to my screen here. So you guys can see on the back, we've got the logo, the yeah. camera. Uh, on the front, you can see the nice. uh, the power button or lock button or mm -hmm. whatever else. This one's this one's like a, like a matte finish. There you go. Looks a little something like that. Hold on, I'm going back to the loop cam. Oh, I'm trying. Yeah. So this one, like the pages on the inside, the the lines and stuff are. Oh no. Okay. So once you get to the pages that you write on, like the standard pages, the lines yeah. are black, but, but on the index they're orange. But they still have, they still have the yeah, the little <laughs> tablet markings on them. Oh man, you guys really. It's kind of hard to see that. in that camera. Yeah. Well, it's very obvious in person. Yeah. Wow. You really like. It looks like I'm holding up a blank page. Yeah. It to gets you guys. washed out by the light up Emperor's here. Emperor's new clothes. No, I swear. There's a there's a tablet in here. Okay, and this one has the three ribbons as well, but they're like LTT colors. Yeah, they're gray, well, black, and orange. Yeah. That's cool. So we've got two different versions of the notebook, and in other news, we've got a crazy promo that we're running right now. All remaining stock of the Stealth Hoodie. The original Stealth Hoodie. All remaining stock is 50% off. So don't take my word for it that this is a pretty wild deal. We don't do these kinds of discounts very often. Yeah, what's with that? Um, we have 1,800 units in stock, and we need to clear some space because got it. we got some new stuff coming. We got some new stuff coming. So it's getting a big, deep discount. And because we care about you guys so very, very much, if you bought a stealth hoodie recently, we would like to offer you, you know, in case you're feeling burned by, by this discount, because typically it's not really something that we do. If you're feeling burned by this, you can reach out to customer support. We'll get you a $20 US gift card, and you can use that toward whatever, whatever else it is that you want in the future. Cool. We don't want you guys to feel like you got screwed over if you just missed the promo. Uh, one note for the LTT store, they added the actual digital design for the HDD sweater to the very bottom. So you can see the colors that Linus was talking about that might not be apparent in the photos. And the tablet notebook, the little battery symbol goes down as you progress through the notebook. Shut up. It oh, does really? not, does yeah. it? Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, my. It totally does. <laughs> whoops. Whoops. That's uh, going to be impossible to show. There we go. Whoops. It's just that in the corner. Oh, yeah. Okay, very cute. But yes, that's going to be impossible to show. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's the... Yeah, there you go. That's what it looks like. Yeah. That's the the vibrant version. That That's what it actually looks like in person. So, All right. So lots of stuff. If you guys are thinking, hey, I'll just wait and I'll pick up one of those stealth hoodies later, I would advise you not to do that. 
We sent out a tweet yesterday. So you're probably sitting there going, it's okay. They've got 1,800 units in stock. We sent one tweet yesterday, and that's how many we sold. Oh, wow. Okay. So is, that, is it 1,800 minus that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's nowhere close to 1,800 left. No. So we sold 500 yesterday. And so far today, as far as I can tell, with no additional promo... Um, Unless someone picked them up in the last Another like, 330 are already gone. So it's 1,800 minus almost 800. So if you want to get one, now's the time to get it. Let's move on to another topic, shall we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, do we really have to talk about the voice cloning feature from Amazon voice Alexa? Feature? Oh, this is really uncomfortable this is for me. Very creepy. I do not like it. Uh, do you want to not talk about it? I can fire through it if you want. Yeah. Well, no, I'll talk about it. I just don't like it. Yeah, it's weird. Okay, so new Alexa uh, voice cloning feature was uh, shown off at a June 22nd conference in Las Vegas. Uh, I think it sounds like you have to cue it, like you have to ask for the voice in your in your request. So as an example, uh, there is a child asking Alexa, can grandma finish reading me The Wizard of Oz? Uh, the device confirmed as Alexa, then swipped, switched to a different voice. Uh, the Alexa team apparently developed a model that allows its voice assistant to produce a high quality voice with less than one minute of recorded audio. Creepy. Creepy. I mean, with all the, it was what? Two years ago that we did that video where we, we deep faked me. And used an AI to to create a, a voice print and, and had it host the video. Okay, when we did that, there was a whole consent process. I had to, I had to sign that they were allowed to use my voice in that way. Like there was, a, there was a lot of concern about the way that technology like this might be used. And now it's just a feature in Amazon Alexa. Yeah. How think, did we go get from here to here? I think there's huge issues with like, um, not to like go down a dark path, but I think there's huge issues in regards to uh, like obsessions and like stalker mentality stuff. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Like it doesn't, it's one minute of any audio and then they can reproduce whatever from it, right? So if you want to be super creepy with your favorite streamer. Can I have Luke read my fan fiction? You could have them read you, like think think about what it could read you, right? And this, this says in here, uh, finish reading me The Wizard of Oz. There's probably um, forms of like erotica books that you could have it read you and you could probably have it read you those books in someone's voice that you don't necessarily have permission to use. To be and clear, are... we don't, I don't know that for sure. I don't know that Alexa will... This is I mean, a Alexa lot of assumptions. Alexa won't even swear, so I, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe Alexa's sure. kind of a prude. I, I don't use Alexa. But either way, like it doesn't have to be something like that, right? Like It, it could be an innocent thing. I was just going as yeah. far as I basically could with it. Alexa, have grandma read me my erotica. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it's creepy. It's weird. We're commercializing deep fakes of voices that is literally what's happening like what if i what if i don't consent to this what if i'm not alive anymore to consent to this I... and like how would how would consent to this work work what you have to say yes you can use my voice like that's 
probably not that hard to get <laughs> yeah. with a different version of the deepfake, right? Like, yeah, I mean, Nicholas uh, Nicholas Plouffe points out, uh, uh, even if we ignore the security impl- implications, I mean, that's not even where I went first. I mean, let's talk about the security implications. What if you're using this to authorize something that's voice printed? I mean, voice recognition's not... <laughs> It's not that great still. You know, there's a lot of yeah. leeway in the voice recognition models to allow for that you're going to sound, but you might have you a might cold, right? Yeah, you might yeah. sound really different from day to day. So it being played by a speaker versus coming out of your 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 voice face hole, I, I don't see how they would necessarily be able to tell the difference. I mean, we've seen... We've seen facial recognition security measures on mobile devices be fooled by simple flat photos in the past. People are pointing out that uh, if it is verbal consent that you have to give to it, I just gave everyone a recording of me giving verbal consent. Uh, so there you go. I mean, I'm not saying Hitler nice. was right. <laughs> nice. Now there's, a, now there's a recording of that too. Perfect. Uh, well, well I, that's just that's a, I, okay. I just God, this is this a, is maximum a, creepy. It's a it's a meme. Okay, it's a yeah. it's a meme. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize we had to address that, but that probably makes sense. You never Some know. people might not have known. Yeah, totally. That's a good yeah. idea. Um, In Australia, we have voice authentication for government services, says Jack of Gamers. That's, yeah, that's terrifying. That's terrifying. Because you can you can queue up commands, right? Like you can tell. Uh, these various devices, whether it's Alexa or Google Home or whatever, to say a phrase when you do something, right? Yeah. You'd be like, uh, so-and-so, say the thing. And then they would like say a specific cue of words, most likely. Nubpub over on Twitch says, they're already running into huge post-mortem consent issues in the film industry. Yep. Yep. Yeah, a little bit. And, you know, you look at how little protection, uh, you know, uh, oh, musicians, that's another big one. Those like holographic concerts and stuff. You look at how little respect is being given to the wishes of musicians. And those are celebrities. Those are people with money whose estates might actually have the power to to sue over this. You know, as for everyone else, good luck. Iceberg and Philippine chat says the social engineering potential is also scary. That's what we're saying. That's literally what we're saying. Oh, I was even I was I hadn't even gotten there yet. I was still oh, just talking about fooling an like a a, a machine. Oh, an automated learning. thing. Yeah, an automated yeah. system. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, there's a whole other level of fooling actual people. And, and to be clear, all of that is possible without this. This just takes the the like level of access to everyone. Instead yes. of anyone like, who can afford a ninety nine dollar Echo Dot or however much an Echo Dot or it costs like came free days. with your phone or and whatever. if you're sitting there going, well, the model couldn't possibly be that convincing or there might be a long delay as you're using it to try to trick someone or whatever else. Let me just say this: all of those message me on Telegram or WhatsApp comments on YouTube, right? It wouldn't be there those if it didn't work. wouldn't exist if they didn't work. And so there is a significant portion of the population that whether it's a lack of tech savvy or whether it's something else does not smell that as suspicious, right? 
So if someone's voice sounds a little off, I mean, all they have to do is say, sorry, I'm have a recording that says, sorry, I have a bit of a cold, not quite feeling like myself. And immediately our, our human monkey brain goes, okay, that's a normal thing to say. And everything that is abnormal is now normal. People aren't going to be ready for this. Our authentication systems are not even remotely close to ready for this type of stuff. Um, Anthony's Anthony's typing in here. Uh, I don't know if I want to say some of it just because, you know, security stuff. Um, but he, he points out some things and like, yeah, like even even if even if something requires video, uh, it, it's it says here specifically um, it's voice assistant can produce a high quality voice with less than one minute of recorded vo- audio. So it's yeah. it's you can get a high quality voice even if it requires a video. You can maybe try to pair that with a video. Um, yep. Or you can try to deep fake a video and you and just have the voice you or think whatever about, else. Think about what the commit level of wh- which whoever, and no offense if you work in this kind of a job, but the kind of like drone state that someone would have to be in just reviewing voice video, like voice, uh, like video authentication stuff endlessly day after day after day. Are they going to notice if it's not quite right? I mean, look at how easily fooled large percentages of the population have been by deep fakes of political figures saying things they never said or doing things they Absolutely. never did. Yeah. <sighs> Terrifying. Lapsed memory asks, wouldn't this fall afoul of some state's voice recording laws? I don't know. Maybe. Not if a user, presumably it's not a with recording. authorization, submits the data. It's not a re- yeah. It's not a recording. Yeah. It's it's generation of something new. I don't like it. Me what either. I do like is telling Creepy. you about our sponsor. Hey, let's go. Thanks to Gusto for sponsoring today's show. Let's face it: owning a business is hard, and dealing with tedious administrative tasks such as HR, payroll, and employee benefits is time-consuming. That's why Gusto is here to help. Gusto offers all-in-one payroll and HR for growing businesses with features such as full-service payroll and benefits to team management tools and more. They even help with the hard stuff, such as filing payroll taxes, compliance, and new state tax registration, making it easy to support your hardworking team in one intuitive platform. Join the more than 200,000 new and growing businesses that are using Gusto to build a great workplace for their employees. Right now, Gusto is offering our listeners three months free at gusto.com WAN. Get easy payroll, benefits, HR, and a happier team. So go to gusto.com slash WAN for your first three months free. That's gusto.com slash WAN. Thanks to Mack Weldon for sponsoring today's show. It's heating up outside, and when it comes to stylish essentials perfect for the hotter days ahead, there's no better option than Mack Weldon. From hanging out at home to that much-needed vacation, the meeting room to the happy hour, they've got you covered. Their innovative daily wear system takes a guesswork out of getting dressed even for the most indecisive of guys, like me. Mack Weldon's premium polos easily elevate your look with fabric technology that keeps you comfortable as the temperature rises. Their lightweight Silver Peak polo and new Super Soft Pima t-shirt polo are both great for the summer. Two other must-haves for this beach, pool, lake, pond, or kiddie pool season are Mack Weldon's board shorts and swim trunks. A combo of performance stretch and slick design, they're great gear for when you're taking time off. For anyone who's looking to step up their daily routine, do not miss these. I've been wearing their Pima crew neck and ace sweatpants for a few weeks now, and they are great. Check out Mac Weldon for yourself and save 20% on your first order by visiting macweldon.com slash wanshow and entering the promo code wanshow. 
Again, that's MacWeldon.com slash WANSHOW and enter promo code WANSHOW for 20% off. Stock up on the warm weather essentials you have been missing. Today's episode is also brought to you by Nord Security. If you keep up with the tech news, you know that hackers are always looking for new ways to compromise everything from tech giant servers to grandma's computer. Thankfully, Nord Security's well-rounded protection package is there to help you protect your files, devices, and personal data online. Like NordPass, a password manager that helps you generate unique passwords across your devices and browsers. Or NordLocker, a powerful file encryption and sharing service that's a great alternative to Google Drive. Cybercrime is everywhere these days, so make sure you're taking precautions when you surf the web. Right now, you can get one month free on all Nord products when you go to nordsecurity.com WAN. That's 30 days for you to see all the ways Nord can help you protect yourself online risk-free. So, what are you waiting for? Head to nordsecurity.com slash WAN or click the link in the show description. Woo! Okay. Oh um, my God. What? The incoming merch messages queue is 79 deep. You doing okay over there, Bell? My fingers are on fire. <laughs> We're typing as fast as we can. Uh, okay, then. I am going to work my way through the curated ones on my own, if that's okay. I'm just going to have to scroll a little here. Is that chill? You, I give my exp- uh, permission okay, not right. to use my voice for anything, but you have my permission to read these <laughs> merge messages. What? But your voice is so fine. <laughs> but are you sure we can't just use it for whatever we want? Can Only you... for LTT. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Actually, I guess we actually do have a contract for that. Nice. Nice. <laughs> we got this covered. Um, okay. Merge messages. Tyler F. asks, what's your take on Inavelli's project, Linus? Also... Stocking up on gift cards for backpack and screwdriver. Oh, wow. That is quite the order. 450 bucks, including a $250 gift card. Wait a second. What is this? What am I looking at here? What is Project Linus Canada? What? What is Project Linus? I've, how have I never heard of this? Uh, this is not it. There is uh, like a GitHub page with the actual one but i do like this become a blanketeer finally check our blanket site well there you go project linus um okay are there any local chapters look at that project linus all right cool uh anyway so apparently there's a github or something what innovelli oh, oh okay it helps to put the i at the beginning innovelli project linus did, did they actually call it project linus Oh, they did. Uh, that's a little weird of them to do. Um, I mean, it could be named after any Linus. Just because it has your exact voice doesn't mean anything. I mean, you could read the first line of the I'm just trolling, of but... the of the post here. Note: This is a product pitch to Linus Tech Tips. Oh no, no, it's definitely me. Wow. Uh, following Where these is issues this? with How are you competitors' motion switches, it's on the Inavelli Community uh, Forum. Please comment on his latest video where he calls us out for pitching him and asks his audience to comment below on what route he should go with his motion switches. Okay, to be clear, overall, Inavelli, I think, has taken the good guy route in the smart home space, as far as I can tell. They have pitched me this privately, um, but generally speaking, okay, calling it Project Linus, I don't know. It's not wrong, but it does feel a little pushy. <laughs> I'll say I'll say that. There's, there's some pressure. Yeah. Um, 
I, you know, I, I definitely would be happy to see them produce a good motion controlled switch that that is that's something that I wanted for my house as for as for whether or not, you know, I'm going to be involved in this project. I, I've told them that at this time, like, I just don't have the bandwidth for it. So, you know, I'd, I'd love to see the product come to light. But I, by that time, I might have found an alternate solution anyway. Like, I don't want to wait that long to change, to have light switches that function the way I want in my house. Oh, hey, the logo's in the pitch deck. That's where I'm, that's where I'm at on Inovelli's Project Linus, as it is apparently called. I mean, it's not like I can control the use of the name Linus. Uh, what, what's... Have, you, have you opened the PDF? There's the Linus Lock. Do you know the Linus lock? Yeah, there's a Linus bike. Yeah, there's Linus bike. Like anyone yeah. can, you know, be Linus anything they want, right? Have you opened the PDF? No. Do it. Oh, I, I closed the tab already. Here, why don't you just uh, screen share? Uh, oh. Yeah. Okay, well, I would prefer they weren't using our logo. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's like more. That said, it is my belief that that particular variant of our logo was actually created by a community member. What am I looking at? Is that a YouTube thumbnail mock-up? <laughs> is that is that what I'm seeing? I think maybe. I'm not really sure. Like I don't know if this is Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. YouTube review video is is what's on there. Okay. Uh hmm. Well, I mean, there it is. We're we're covering it. Um, so I guess mission accomplished in a valley. Oh, this is a good question. The German polar bear asks, will you be making a bid for artesian builds? <laughs> oh, well, you don't buy the company, right? They're 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 auctioning off. Stuff. I think they're also auctioning off their domain and IP. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So I will not. If we were to start a PC build company, which, by the way, sure as heck wouldn't call it that. We are not. We would not wish to inherit Artesian Build's legacy in any way, shape, or form. We would really, we would really much rather just start our own, our own company. I'm thinking Linus PC Co. Because oh my goodness, I'm completely devoid of any creativity. Pretty much, actually, oh. I think we have a name for the LAN event. Yeah. Okay. I think we actually do. That. Guys, I'm pitching it. I'm pitching it here. We hosted a LAN event, LAN event, Whale LAN. Kind of goes with the Vancouver theme. Also, there's some other potential implications. Yeah, we can sell super expensive tickets. Yeah, which is Whale awesome. Whale LAN. I love that. That's great. <laughs> we got we, we got to do that. I mean, if, if Blizzard and all these other companies are dipping into the whale pot, we might as well. Yeah. Okay. Whale Come land. On. Uh, one little comment on the Artesian builds thing. As far as my understanding goes, uh, they are selling builds that have been paid for by other people. There, yeah. There's, there's other people that have covered this very well. Oh, that Artesian. I know. Just gotta, just gotta find the worst way to do everything. Um, I I have not watched it, but uh, Christopher Yee made a video about um, this whole thing. It's probably good. I would check that out. Um, 
but yeah i just that's like actually the worst as far as my understanding goes like all the systems they're selling that are built were paid for by people and then not delivered and are now being sold again now i think it's not clear at this time if the proceeds from the auction will be going to pay back customers seriously doubt it well i mean yeah that's usually not how that goes but i'm just i'm just saying we don't know there is still time there's still time for them to not be complete scum right the track record here not great um no but yeah lapsed memory pitches linus system designs lsd the reason why they are getting (laughs) auctioned off versus shipped is how bankruptcy law works yeah that's what i was going to kind of say is like you often have to when bankruptcy, I don't know enough about this, but the as far problem, as my understanding goes, it usually goes to the big creditors first. Yeah, the problem is that, I was going to say, the creditors who are likely to get that money would be whoever Artesian owes money to for the parts that they bought from them. So the little guy ends up getting screwed over. Yeah. As far as I could tell at the NCIX auction, there were customer systems there that presumably had been paid for. Yeah. Oh... Yeah, the buyers of the builds are at the bottom of the creditor list. Exactly. Yeah. So the, those people will probably never see that that uh, money. It's just, it sucks. Yeah, it really sucks. That's another thing. If I were to buy Artesian builds, I could open myself up to that liability potentially, which I, I mean, I'm sorry, bad situation, but I don't want to just start shipping gaming computers out of pocket because some jackass screwed people over that that really wasn't on me it really wasn't (laughs) speaking of things not being on me oh i managed to brick a linux install of ubuntu (laughs) in less than an hour this week while attempting to film a short circuit i guess that doesn't beat your previous record no but this one was professionally installed by someone else it came pre-installed on a laptop and i don't know what these guys were thinking but this particular laptop maker really cool designs by the way you're not going to want to miss that short circuit video short circuit hoodie now available uh you're not going to want to miss that short circuit video um i don't know what they were thinking shipping me a laptop with linux pre-installed when they do (laughs) offer windows laptops i swear to you I swear, I cross my heart, I hope to die, I swear to you. I I did nothing, I did nothing but attempt to launch Steam and play CSGO. (laughs) Steam again. (laughs) What, okay, what happened? How did it, how did, you said you bricked it. How, how, how do you brick it? Do you know? Well, it didn't have GPU drivers. Okay. So I installed drivers. Okay. And then... Even though I had drivers, the game was running on the iGPU, the integrated graphics. So I switched it to high performance mode. This sounds like more than just running Steam, but but okay. I I didn't say I only ran Steam. I said I ran Steam and played CSGO. Okay. Okay. And yes, I wanted more than 11 FPS. Fair. Is that unreasonable? I think not. Okay. (laughs) Okay. After I switched to maximum performance mode, I was prompted for a restart, which is definitely a thing, Linux people. Linux does need to be restarted. 
So many people were on my case about that. No, no I'm like Windows mm, 200 days up to, yeah, whatever. There's probably some way to do it without a restart. I'm sure there is, but... Okay. It's probably way more convenient to just restart it. <laughs> so, I was prompted to restart, and it never turned on again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, no. I'd be, I'd be interested in, in seeing what actually happened. Jake figures I must have some kind of aura. <laughs> that I may actually be cursed An anti in some way. Aura? Yeah. yeah. It, it's just not possible for Linux to run properly for me. I just, I just break it by looking at it, by you, being near it. You watched that Batman movie when you were a kid and it just like really resonated with you? <laughs> that joke's not going to hit with that many people. <laughs> that needed me though. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Digidude51 asks, are there any games you guys have slash will buy during the Steam Summer Sale or any you'd recommend people to pick up? Steam Summer Sale. Man, I haven't played that many games recently. Luke and I were actually just going through this the other night. We managed to both set aside a couple of hours to game. We both got in front of our computers and we were like, what do, what do you want to play? Yeah. I don't know. What do you want to play? Hey, now don't start that again. <laughs> <laughs> we've been here before. Yeah, we settled on uh, Divinity Original Sin 2, which we've managed to, I mean, by the time I got some kind of weird graphical bug sorted out. That was very odd. We played for about an hour. Yeah, which, we got off the tutorial boat. <laughs> yeah, my understanding is about this much of the total content of that game. Yeah. So yeah. I guess we're going to be on that for a while. Which is exciting because it's actually a super good game. I've definitely had some stuff show up that I that I have wanted to pick up that is in the Steam Summer Sale. What's this? Oh, well, that's unrelated. Well, I know what that is, but like, what's up with that? I can explain. I was talking, I think, last this week This looks on like Land Willow show? packaging. Does it? It does. I don't think it is. No, no, this is... no. no I mean, it's are, it's common. Yeah, these are standard. These these plastic yeah, protective yeah. shells. I mean, it's for not, it's not exclusive. I just... Yeah. Um, last week, I think it was, on WAN Show, I talked about how I would love to treat myself to a copy of Final Fantasy VI, which in North America was called Final Fantasy III for the Super Ooh. Nintendo, uh, because I no longer have my childhood copy, although I do have my booklet. Uh, the actual game cartridge itself was lost when I moved from my dad's house to my mom's house, along with all of my other worldly possessions. And someone, anonymously, without providing a name or contact information or anything like that, sent me a copy oh, of Final whoa. Fantasy III. So I, I did not actually buy this this puts wow. my super nintendo collection up to a whopping two one console two controllers and super mario rpg and final fantasy 6 which are uh i never actually owned super mario rpg when i was a kid but this is one of the only i think four or five games that i owned for super nintendo because back then you would rent games yeah a lot of the time you'd find out they were pretty crap actually <laughs> And then you would return them to the store having only invested $9, $8 or, or whatever in them. So I think it would be fitting for me to open it on stream and have a look at, I mean, the condition, I guess. It seems like, based on the state of the outer box, it could be a complete in box. It's not like a mint condition or anything, like nothing too crazy, but... This is if it's if everything's in here. This is, is worth like three hundred bucks. It has been loved. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, I mean that makes sense. It's a 
incredibly legendary game. Uh, Magitek has been reborn, and the end of the world is near. I remember as a kid thinking the design for Mog was so cool, and I thought this knife was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Oh, whoops, wrong one. There we go. Linus Cam. This like this knife going through as the as the T in fantasy and like, oh oh, I loved it. Have you ever seen any of the like manual art or anything like that? For- no. Nope. I never had played this game. I, the the only Final Fantasy I had growing up was on PC. It was Final Fantasy VIII, <clears throat> the worst, one. and it was like a six disc set. Okay, it's not the worst one. I'm no. just being a hater. I but... liked it. I enjoyed it, but I didn't play the other ones, so I don't know. Oh wow! I don't know if this is complete. Complete. I don't know if to count as complete, it has to have like the little Nintendo, you know, slip oh, in there or right. anything like yeah. that. But it has the map. The map is. Always my favorite part. I lost this so early on when I was a kid because I just was always... So cool. Oh, okay. The map is not in perfect condition. <laughs> is it two different maps or nope. is it in half? Nope. The map came apart. Ah. Um, and I guess at this point, you're better off leaving it ripped than trying to tape it back together. I don't, I don't know. But I spent so long just looking at this and it's reading sides, the Because eh? you got to remember, when you're a kid... You're not allowed to play games all the time, right? Yeah. So when you're not allowed to play games, you just sit and like fantasize about playing your games, and <laughs> planning playing your game. Yeah. So we got the World of Balance on one side, World of Ruin on the other side. World of Ruin really was, man, such a such a weak point for this game, in my opinion. I I feel like on the one hand, it what it was trying to do was really cool, being more open ended and exploratory. But because there's a particular order that you really need to do things in order to not get your ass kicked, and there's not really a ton of of, of guidance for that, I uh, I just I felt like it was not a great uh, gaming experience. Instruction booklet. Oh man, this takes me back. I do have mine, but I haven't looked at it in a long time. Man, remember when instruction booklets were cool like this and just full of all this like concept art. Like you, because you wouldn't know looking at the sprites that that's what Cells, Celes, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Uh, there's no voice acting, right? Was supposed to look like you, you wouldn't know that. You would only know that from looking at at concept art. And it's it's like that's what Magitek Arma and Ter- Armor and Terra is supposed to look like. Okay, like it's it's kind of cool because, um, yeah, sure the graphics are so bad because they're like sprites or whatever. But your imagination runs because you've seen stuff like this, so you start imagining what other things look like, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was it was more akin to reading, I, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely love it. So thank you very much. So there, there's a people there's are like an... OMG, stop touching it. I mean, guys, it's not a it's not a mint condition copy or anything like that. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm knocking too much off of its value right now. I'm and also... besides, isn't that kind of the point? I am also a, a very on the side of like you should you should use the thing, you know. Uh, I know a lot of people are like, no, leave it in the box forever. Never look at it. Never do anything with it. I'm like, what's the point of it then? Um, there's there's one that is in not I would say not as good condition with the same amount of completeness with eight offers on it right now on eBay for five hundred Canadian. So yeah. All right. Well, I'm putting that back in the enclosure. There's certain parts of the box, like the corners on this one is are more worn, mm-hmm. but then the other one has like dents that aren't on oh, the here, corners. Should I bring up your screen. Sure. 
This is one that I'm looking at. This is in the C stands for CAD. This is in Canadian. That one's also tested working. I don't know that this one is mm. working. I haven't tried it yet. Fair. But yeah, you can see like the... Even uh, if it's not working, it can be fixed. But I would imagine from a collector perspective, if you if you have to fix it, it's maybe worth less. I, I don't know if you would even know if the soldering was done really well. But yeah, see, like along along the flat parts, this one has a little bit more damage, as far as I can tell. That one just has slightly more reward in corners. I don't know what is worth more or less. Yeah, I'm not an expert when it comes to this no. stuff. For me, it's it's not about uh, like it's not the sort of thing I I don't know. Maybe I eventually would have treated myself to one, but it's not the sort of thing that I I'm gonna you know build up a huge collection of of SNES games or anything like that. But it's still. I mean, it's the kind of thing that I'm gonna I'm gonna put on my like display wall um, behind where I'm gonna be streaming at the new place. So I've got a bunch of mementos from a bunch of the stuff that I had in my attic, pretty much. Um, Nicholas Nicholas Callanan helped me kind of arrange stuff. He's got it. I've got the stuff I never knew what to do with. Now that I've got a bigger place and I've got somewhere to kind of display it, I've got the you know that Model M that everyone here yeah. like signed and and gifted me one year. Uh, so just so I've got like LMG mementos, I've got NCIX mementos, I've got more like just being a media personality mementos separately, and then I've got some viewer mementos as well. So this will definitely this will definitely go there. Five hundred K? No, not five hundred K. No, five hundred CAD, also known as Canadian dollar. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's not a bit rot issue, Inquisitor Toaster. It's more of a um, oh, what is it? The uh, the user, the user accessible parts. Anthony would be able to give you the full technical explanation of it, but the the user accessible parts where you save data to can become corrupted. So you have to. There's like a, an internal battery that uh, the maintains the problem. integrity of that data, yeah. and once that battery dies, like it's a matter of when, not if. Was this they a need to be replaced? A saved game, game, not like a password. Save game. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it's possible that it needs some help. It's also possible that they, oh. Someone says there was a letter in the box. What? Oh. Oh. Uh, ALC 5440 on float plane apparently was the one who sent it and said there was a letter in the box. It was just not given to you? Hmm. Uh, they, no, Logistics specifically told me there was no letter. Oh. So, perhaps your letter was a digital and uh, perhaps you could le control C, control V. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, it was holding 3.2 volts when I tested it. Oh, okay. Apparently it is, uh, it is good to go. Hey, thank you, ALC5440. Cool. Appreciate That's awesome. you. That's awesome. All right. Um, yeah. So the letter, hopefully I get a chance to read it at some point. It's tested. It does work and apparently has saves. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, those saves are probably past where I ever made it to as a kid. I couldn't figure out how to beat the floating continent because I didn't know that you could cast magic from the overworld. So I would run out of potions every time. <laughs> oh, so like healing, I'm assuming? Yeah. So you could heal between combats? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not know that you could do that because I was a child. <laughs> Whoops. Should we do some of these these merch messages? Yeah, yeah, we should. Uh, oh, you... right. There was the Steam Summer Sale thing. Uh, 
I don't even know what's going to be in the Steam Summer Sale, but honestly, I have not been excited. Don't, I don't think I've bought anything in Steam Sales in quite some time, to be completely honest. What? We sold another 400 stealth hoodies since I announced the deal. We are now down to 600 stealth hoodies. Nice. We had 1,800 yesterday. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, we're not making any money, so it's not like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were literally just clearing space in the warehouse. Room, yeah. Which yeah. costs money, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Conrad mentions mentions uh, Final Fantasy VII R. I'm assuming he means like remastered. Yeah, Is but that the not pixel all the parts one? are out yet. No, it's not the pixel no, remaster. Okay. Okay. Not all the parts are out yet. I want to play them all at once, so I'm just not gonna. I'm just not gonna do it. Slay the Spire is that gonna be in it? It sure is. I'd buy it twice if I could. Slay the Spire is amazing. I've put a mm, ungodly amount of time into that game. Um, FTL, if it goes up for sale, I would highly recommend. Great game. Uh, we're we're playing uh, Divinity Original Sin two. That's I don't a fantastic think it was on game. Sale, though. Is the seam is the seam summer sale even going right now? Yeah, yeah, there's deals. Oh, I didn't even yeah. know it was live. There was something in my like Trello list of games to play that I looked at. I was like, holy crap, this is like seventy percent off. Should I buy? It? Yeah, remember I was telling you, this is like way on sale. Should oh, I buy yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I was like, Ugh, like there's, there's a lot of backlog things. I still anyways. haven't played The Witcher Three. That's gonna be the next game I play on Steam Deck. I'm gonna, I, damn it, I'm gonna play through Witcher Three. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm also going to play Divinity Original Sin 2. So that's the next 400 gaming hours yeah. that I can... <laughs> They're both like massive games. Managed to set aside, <laughs> taken care of, I think. Yeah. Uh, Benjamin H. asks, what happened to all the Black Magic cameras? Any follow-up? They just... They were too noisy, bulky. Um, we had an opportunity to get rid of them when there were camera shortages during the pandemic, which to my understanding, are still not fully resolved. So what we decided to do was uh, get some Sony cameras for our uh, for Short Circuit, which I don't think we even have all of them yet, but get some Sony cameras for Short Circuit. We're using all of our old Canon C200s for all the different views here. Boom, Luke cam, boom, Linus cam, boom, wide cam. And then that's it. So I think we're using FS5s and, oh no, FX, sorry, FX6s. Sorry, FS5, I was thinking different Sony cameras. FX6s and then, um, oh lordy, I can't remember the models. It's I, I don't care anymore, but Sony cameras now. FTL is 75% off, get it. Do Daniel it. C, my wife and I need a new mattress. I know Linus did extensive research and would like to know the resources he used in researching and about his mattress guru. You want to get to that mattress underground, all right? Mattress underground. What what rule of the internet is it where if it is a thing, there's an, a ridiculously, unfathomably large community of people who are unimaginably into that thing, okay? So that's mattress underground. They're super into mattresses. And you can you can learn what you need to know there. You can find a place to get a good mattress. I can't promise it'll be cheap, but what I can promise is that you will learn a lot. <laughs> Joshua Caro asks, Hi Linus, throughout the run of LTT, has there ever come a time when the channel got jeopardized, as in a strike or warning or something similar on the channel? Or like an all is lost moment? Uh, I would say that sort of. there were some really um, scary moments when YouTube was 
telegraphing that they were not going to allow third-party brand integration in videos. I mean, you guys have seen how does LMG make money. We've done that video a couple of times now. That is a huge portion of our revenue. It's a huge part of what's allowed us to hire people and, and build facilities and buy equipment. Uh, without it, we would not be, I mean, we'd survive. We just, we would not have the kind of amazing world-class team that we have today. So that was a really scary moment when we got, uh, when we got kicked off of the Amazon affiliate program. That was a super scary moment because that was a more significant portion of our revenue at the time. The reason for it is that we were, we felt allowed to promote it. Nowadays, we just are super quiet about our Amazon affiliate links just because we don't want to get kicked off of it again for promoting it wrong. Um, so, so there's that. Oh man, what else? What else has been really scary? Beginning. Yeah, the very beginning, we were almost out of money. Six months in, we didn't have, you know, VC funding or anything like that. Yvonne's bank account was literally our funding, and we never did miss a paycheck. We were never late on a paycheck, but it was close. <laughs> I I even meant uh before that. Oh, like, almost didn't even get it. Right. Yeah, when we almost didn't get the channel from NCIX, yeah. it was 11th hour. It was literally the night of December 31st. Yes. And LMG was supposed to begin operation. I no longer had a job at NCIX starting January 1. And uh, the, the owner of NCIX had not signed the deal selling the channel to us yet over a dispute that admittedly I played a role in. I, I had uh, effectively bailed out of school and no longer had a job either. Um, and I think Ed was in a similar spot. No, Ed was just doing an internship with us. He could have gone back to school at the time. Okay, He yeah. never did manage to make it back, but <laughs> <laughs> he could have. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, was a, that was a tense moment. <laughs> yeah, you had probably the most on the line out yeah, of all of us. I did. Which is sort of terrifying. Yeah. Why on earth did you do that? I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of stupid. Am I yep. that charismatic? Like, uh, I don't think so. What did you believe in? Um, I've actually reflected on this multiple times and tried to figure out like what the hell I was thinking, uh, because I, I was I was doing really well in school and yeah. then basically tanked it all to make less than minimum wage for some weird YouTube channel that when I started, if I remember correctly, had like sixty thousand subs. Um, but I mean. I saw the trajectory while we were working there and something that I had kind of assumed was like, yeah, it's going to be super rough and maybe there isn't money from Yvonne to pay for paychecks, but we'll probably figure it out. If we don't get the YouTube channel, we could start another one. Right. And like, it would have been slower, but yeah. I was like, I've gone this far. <laughs> right like sunk cost minus, fallacy I, I think then. a lot of it was that, yeah because <laughs> at the beginning i was just like oh well, i want to do this uh and then the four to eight hours that we had discussed initially became significantly more than that yeah per week was, um, was the plan that was the original original plan and then yeah. became more than 40 hours um but <laughs> I, I i wanted to do it and then i started noticing my grades were slipping and i was like okay but this is a potential maybe career path i'll try to juggle it better i mean and, i think both of us like to think we saw web media yeah coming hard yeah like it uh 
<laughs> Come on, you had to break. I was going to hold it together, Luke. I'm sorry. Uh, um, but yeah, no, seriously, it was like it, you could see the path, right? Like it was pretty clear. Yeah. The, the growth of not just our channel, but the whole platform. Yeah, it was all over the, everyone's faces. Just, <laughs> Justin TV was around. Like yeah. it, everything was really cranking up. And, it, and that's what everyone tells you. Like that's when you want to be on the ground floor. Yes. So it was like, yeah, this is uncomfortable, but this is also the time in my life to do uncomfortable things. So. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so we made it, I think. Yeah. There's still plenty of time for this to explode. We got to completion. Yeah, we're. we're I mean, we're going, we're going all the way in. We're in deep right now. Yeah. I've been very, I've been very transparent with you guys about how deeply reinvested Yvonne and I are right now. Yeah, business I mean, is throbbing. Yeah. We have a, we have a, we have ten million in debt on the lab. More uh, actually, I'm, I'm rounding. Okay, we're at the point where you actually round to, to round tens of, uh, tens of millions. Okay, so we're ten million in on the lab. We are in debt on the lab, and then all of our cash is deployed in inventory for screwdriver and backpack, which is 100,000 units of screwdriver and 40,000 units of backpack. So, like, we are, we're all in again. Um, fortunately, if this is anything to go by, the worst case scenario is we can just sell all the screwdrivers and backpacks at a loss, and we'll manage to get rid of them. Because the velocity on stealth hoodie sales does not appear to be... Um, yeah, you guys probably didn't have to go quite to 50%. You know. I, I don't know, man. I, I it, was, it was a Thursday afternoon, and I was tired. <laughs> and Nick was Just like... Just get rid of it. <laughs> or no, no, Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon. It was hump day. And I was like, <laughs> I, I don't know, Nick. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So we did it. We yeah. did a thing. Yeah. Uh, it is what it is. Look, you gotta be you gotta be kind of wild and crazy sometimes. And it's like yeah. a three year old product. You gotta get in there. You gotta try new. We've things. got new stuff coming. I want to be very upfront about that. You gotta We've be got new creative stuff. in the business room. Yeah, exactly. Jake B asks, "Huh? Really? You you know you don't have to send merch messages. You can just talk into your mic. It's just great merch that I want." <laughs> Hey, LMG, I'm an avid biohacker implants and would love to see you guys discuss the topic, possibly in regards to Linus's house. I'm excited for the new Apex implant. No idea what that is, but apparently you're hoping to use it as a password manager. I've actually wanted to get an RFID chip in my palm for quite some time. I hate pulling out my phone to scan to come into the building here and stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I'm into it, but we had actually planned to do a trip down to Seattle to a place that does them right early 2020 and i think you guys know what probably happened to those plans Our, i do it with early you 2019 whenever the covid pandemic thing happened early 2020 so the border was like closed for a year and a half and we didn't do it but i'm yeah i'm i'm down I, yeah i'm in yeah I'm down. I, uh, there were a bunch of people we were just all gonna go down and do it i remember talking about this yeah forever ago i i've always been very interested by the fields of biohacking but have never dove into it um i've i've heard stories of people putting like magnets in their fingertips so that they can like basically gain a magnetic sense like they can detect magnetic fields because it will pull on their fingertips mm -hmm. 
it's kind of spooky at the same time, but like I would just really play with it over and over and over again endlessly. I would just do I would just do this all day. <laughs> I, I think they're like really weak on purpose, but because um, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of really cool stuff in that field. Just have never actually committed. Scott G, my FP8s are doing pretty well because they're my backup pair, but my AirPods Pros are starting to have a little bit less battery life. Less than you'd think because I'm on my third pair of them because I lost a couple. I thought they'd turn up in the move. I was sure they were at my house, but they apparently oh, really? were not. Wow. Yep. Adam, what other hand tool, if any, would you consider making after the screwdriver? I think we'd want to do really good electronics tools like we'd want to do uh you know tweezers and um pry tools and things like that like i could i could definitely see us we wouldn't be i don't think we'd want to compete at like a budget price point that's not really our brand i was just gonna say having tweezers that you can like that aren't super eh and like kind of annoying to handle would be sweet yeah, just like a, a really nice pair. You know, yeah. I it's I mean it's gonna come down to pretty much stuff that I want to be better. I I I hate most of the like needle nose pliers that I've ever used. Like a really nice pair of needle nose pliers, yeah, I'd be down I'd be down to do something like that. I, I don't know. We're we're gonna see. We're gonna see. Whatever. Uh Dylan Kennedy says AirPods Pro have find my, just use that to track them. Only works if they have battery. Yeah, fun fact. And if you had them paired to your iPhone, if I recall correctly, because I was trying to find them recently and I couldn't figure out how to do it from an Android phone if you didn't have it paired to the iPhone. Do we have any other topics that we wanted to hit? Oh, PCIe 7.0 was just announced. And it's going to be a fast one, ladies and gentlemen. Although PCIe 5 is just starting to trickle out into the real world, the fine folks over at PCI SIG have unveiled the specs for the PCIe 7.0 standard. It's fast. It'll do 512 gigabytes per second. Eight times the speed of PCIe 5.0. Really? Two times what PCIe 6 will bring. So PCIe 6 is quadrupling speed instead of doubling? This is madness. Of course, 512 gigabytes a second will be for 16x connectors, and in real life, the performance won't be that high. But what that means is a single PCIe 7.0 lane will give us the same bandwidth as a full-blown PCIe Gen 4 16x slot. Wow. PCIe 5.0 SSDs are just starting to come out with speeds of 13 gigabytes a second, so maybe over 100 gigabytes a second could actually happen on a single SSD. I mean, NAND flash is going to have to come a long way before we're going to see anything like that. But who knows? Man, yeah. Anthony writes, if you could get an external GPU adapter like the Beast NVMe thing to work with PCIe Gen 7, that'd be hilarious. You could run like a full fat desktop GPU full speed on your laptop like storage slot. Or if we saw you know, a Steam Deck of the future with PCIe Gen I mean, even Gen 5 or Gen 6 by that point, I worry that these generations of PCIe are not even really going to make their way into the consumer space, though. A, we don't need it. Honestly, we, we really don't need it. And B, I have to imagine that the power requirements just wouldn't make sense, particularly for mobile. I mean, yeah, Moore's Law, blah, blah. We're going to see more refined process node technology but you got to remember guys 
as we get more power efficient, like Gen 4 controllers are also going to get more power efficient. So it might just not make any sense. I mean, we've already seen multiple mobile platforms not carry the same PCI Express generation compatibility as their desktop counterparts from and like, AMD. One of the things too is like by the time we might need it, say we go like far enough out in the future and something crazy requires that type of stuff, uh, there's probably going to be gen whatever the heck way beyond what we're currently at. So yeah, I, I suspect the consumer space will skip quite a few. Gremlin Injector says, Linus, this will improve efficiency. Imagine a CPU that only needs four PCIe lanes. I mean, I guess we'll see. We'll see. That's a good comment, actually. Are you better off with more lower power lanes or fewer higher power lanes Will consumers revolt when Intel, an Intel or an AMD releases a platform that has fewer lanes than the previous one? Because so far that hasn't been the trend. I don't know. Uh, someone brought up that we have not addressed the responding to critical topic. Oh, right. That's a whole big thing. It's big. So, oh, uh, Sam, our, our audio engineer for labs is off probation now, so I can call him up by name. Oh, and by the way, Critical, uh, we also haven't received our 5128. Uh, we shot our video with a rental. <clears throat> so after publishing our head and torso simulator video, Critical had some thoughts. Who is Critical? Critical is the man behind In-Ear Fidelity, one of the most comprehensive IEM and headphone databases on the web. He's one of the most prominent creators in the audiophile community and is well-respected and very knowledgeable. His channel's great. If you guys want to go subscribe to him, uh, Critical Plus. Um, especially since he had to restart his whole channel after losing it. Oh. YouTube support was apparently useless. Uh, his video complements surprise, surprise. our video quite nicely, filling in technical information gaps in our video that our audience, we felt, might not have been interested in since this was an LTT video, not an in-depth deep dive on what could in the future be a lab-specific channel. You got to remember, you can't just publish any old thing you want on any old random channel and expect it to perform well. You have to... Try to meet the expectations of your audience. Regarding our video, Critical said that our current audio product reviews are kind of low level. <laughs> it's fair. But he thinks we're heading in the right direction I mean, and are, looks forward yeah. to our development. He hopes that our influence will be good for the headphone industry in general. He also thinks we made the right choice in Head and Torso Simulator. That's good to know because it wasn't cheap. Yeah. <laughs> he said our hats video was largely accurate, but a little dumbed down to fit the mainstream viewer. You are right. I cut out so much stuff. At first, okay, so first Sam cut out things knowing that it was headed to LTT. Then Adam, the writer, cut out a bunch of Sam stuff knowing that it was headed to LTT. Then I took much of what Adam preserved and cut it out because we were trying to address a more mainstream audience. <laughs> so critical, you're right. <laughs> He thinks we could have gone with a more cost-effective solution, but given our resources and ambitions, he understands our decision. Yeah, we don't want to f around. Like, that's just not what Labs is going to be. Does have advice and concerns for us. Don't waste time on certain tests and measurements that, although they might be a staple of audio slash headphone measurements, provide little useful information to the user. Examples include total harmonic distortion, time domain measurements, impulse response, waterfall plots, etc. Got it. Don't abandon this headphone database project after a while like some other websites have, like headfi.org. Instead, build a thorough and comprehensive database of headphones and continuously update it. Make sure it's feature-rich and has powerful and flexible comparison tools and functions. You ready? That's the goal. That is the goal. But it's going to take, well, Luke's hiring right now, isn't he? 
Yeah. Yeah, you sure am. Don't publish sound demos. Hmm, interesting. Where you play samples of the audio output from each headphone for users to listen to. Critical says, basically, it would be like judging the color accuracy of a TV while wearing colored glasses. So you can't really tell how each headphone would sound on your head. It's only a relative comparison. Hmm. This contains Sam's response, which I have not read yet, but I do have my own thoughts about that. I will read Sam's response first. We agree that frequency response sound demos are only valid for relative comparisons and not for absolute comparisons. This makes frequency response sound demos quite confusing for the uninitiated. uninitiated. If we decide to publish frequency response sound demos, we will make sure that their limitations are very, very clear. However, there are other types of sound demos that can be quite useful, like active noise cancellation or isolation sound demos, as well as leakage and microphone headset sound demos. Critical approves of these last few. Yeah, I mean, I think this is something that I'm going to butt heads with the labs team about uh, often because I do have a... I do have a tendency to want to at least give people who don't understand technical documentation something to look at that might tell them something, anything. And some in some cases, you can run into a situation where a product is so clearly, obviously worse than another one that even a recording on a crappy microphone played through YouTube compression on dollar store earphones will tell you that this one is clearly better than the other one. Garbage in, garbage out. So I know that there will be situations where we are going to publish uh, sound demos. For example, uh, fan noise is something where quantitatively you can, you can turn it into a numerical value. You can represent it that way. But qualitatively, it's very difficult. And so as I feel as long as we have a very consistent way of collecting those sound demos, there's a value to that for the end user. Is, is there, so something from, from my side would be like, Labs is trying to be as hardcore and objective as it can be. Is there value to the... Not everyone's going to understand this, but like the the like science, local science museum, I was going to say science world, but we can apply it to whatever one you have. Um, you know how you can like walk up and press a button mm-hmm. and it like will give you like a, a kid's level understanding of something? Like, think... is there value to that? Like, could, you, could we give people audio samples and just have like very blatant warnings and be like, this is not objective? I think that it could be valuable for things like... Um... You know, this is what more bass heavy a more bass heavy headphone might sound like, or or if we were to do something like a guide for how to wear your headphones properly, which is a big deal. Like if you have a, a leak in a closed back headphone, I mean, good luck getting any bass response out of it, right? So, uh, if we had something like demos of here's what your headphones might sound like when they are not sealed correctly, like this, or here's what your headphone might sound like if you're wearing it too far forward. I think something like that could have a ton of value. But in that case, you're comparing apples to apples. You're only changing one variable at a time. You're also hoping that they're wearing it properly in the first place. Well, no, because it's relative. It is relative. Hmm. So the recording would still reflect some of those changes. It's just the, the recording of wearing it properly won't sound proper if they're not wearing it properly. 
Uh, Legit Sue says, Linus arguing with the very people he hired because he has no clue what he's talking about is confusing. No, you're the only one who's confused. I'm not arguing with them. I'm saying that we are definitely going to have to find a middle ground where we are able to represent the differences between products in a way that normies can understand and while also staying true to our mission, which is to provide objective empirical data. And there has to be a very, very clear line between the two uh, as well, which is, it's going to be interesting. Um, communicating results and things like that is, is very difficult. Snow Skeleton over on Floatplane Chat seems to understand a little better and says relative can still be valuable. If you have a recording of a headset that I know and like, and play the same sounds on a different set, I can get some sense for the differences based on my knowledge of a previous set. Yeah, it's not scientific at all. And frankly, we wouldn't want you to make a purchase decision based on that. I mean, we could even just say that much. It, uh, it would have to be like super, super clear. I think disclaiming it, um, I think disclaiming it and just saying this is for, you, you basically go, you go psychic on it. You say this is for entertainment purposes only. This is the scientific data. This is for entertainment purposes only. I would be comfortable publishing it. Um, at the end, Critical jokes that if our headphone test engineer insists on publishing sound demos, we should fire him. I had actually only just read that now, so apparently maybe we should fire me. Um, I, You know, it's one of those things where I understand both the purist point of view and I also understand the users who just want that resource, whether it's a flawed data point or not. And it feels honestly a lot like arguing with YouTube about the dislike button. They say... Well, it's not a good indicator of video quality, and most users don't rely on it anyway because comments is so much better. Blah 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 blah. There's so much. There's so much. Uh, there's so much interpretation that needs to be done in order to utilize this signal. That as an end user, you couldn't possibly do it. And I'm sitting here going, I can do it just fine, and I would like to have it. I'm the end user. I'm the customer. I said I want it, and so there's a push and there's a pull, right? We have to push what are the right measurements and what are the right means of representing the differences between products. But users are also going to tell us what resources they want. And it's very clear from chat that they want that resource. And again, we, we can do a lot in regards to segmenting it, making it very, very clear, like, okay, this section is for entertainment purposes only, like you said. Um, this is the actual like proper data dividing it all up. Yeah. See, Legitsu says, I would rather be presented with hard scientific data that this headphone is better than that headphone and let the subjective part, which would be me, the subject, make the final decision. But it doesn't work that way. So again, you don't understand. No single headphone is better objectively than another yeah. headphone. You, because... al you also don't have to go through the entertainment only section you can just read the hard facts section which is true but the, the 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 thing that i want to clarify here is that we all are so different our 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 physiology is so different that the best performing headphone for me is not necessarily the best performing headphone for you this is something that we did discuss in the video and the 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 dummy head is it's an average it's designed based on an average of a whole bunch of people. No one of those individual people was that average. It's, it's literally just a, a nice to know.
figure that you're collecting from it. There is no objectivity here. That's the challenge. Uh, note from Bell. This week's short circuit will have labs notes in it. Ooh, really? Or this weekend's, this weekend's short yeah, circuit. Yeah, for the Mercedes EQS, we have labs notes on the speaker system. So if you want to see kind of how some of it will be presented and compared to other products, that will be an option. That's fun. Cool. Anyways, I, I think, uh, I haven't watched the video, but from, from looking at the, the back and forth, it sounds like both sides are super level-headed and there's some really cool feedback and that's awesome. Yeah. It's actually really exciting to have like pinnacle figures of, of various industries stepping up and being excited about us doing this and, and giving advice as well because like... Yeah, we're not, we don't know everything. And we want to make sure that we are taking the right And we'll steps. make mistakes. Yeah. Joshua says, what is the priority for things to be tested in LTT labs? Whatever we can do well. I've been asked this a lot internally as well. Like, what, what, are we, what are we hiring for? And the answer is we're hiring the best people. And whatever it is that they happen to be experts in, well, that's um, what we're going to test first. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be that simple. So we found an excellent candidate for audio. Uh, we have an excellent candidate for keyboards. Um, we have... What else can I announce yet? You know what? I'm going to leave it there for now. I'll leave it there for now because those guys are off probation. All right. Andrew asks, how do you like the Ubiquiti Unify Protect setup in your new house? It looked like you went with two NVRs instead of an NVR Pro. Why? Uh, Jake set it up that way. I believe it was just because of it being difficult to get our hands on an NVR Pro. Um, as for how much I like it, it's very, 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 very expensive. But the benefit is that I'm very unlikely to get rug pulled later on and have functionality turned off if I refuse to pay for a subscription service. So there's no ongoing cost. I it's it's one time and forget about it. Also, Ubiquity is a great partner and didn't charge me for it. So um, there wasn't even that drawback. But the image quality is mwah, it's so good, so good, and the app is getting better. It's a lot better now than it was. There's still definitely room for improvement but it's getting so much better and it's happening at a very reasonable pace, a good pace. Oh, I guess you can read these now that you've kind of caught up on the incoming merch messages. Hey, Bill? I did get a bit of a breather. First uh, one here is from Steve. The industry seems to be moving towards ARM processors. What do you think this will do to old games? Max M1 Rosetta works good, but history says Apple will ax it. What do you think will happen in the PC space? Wow, this is going to be one of those things that haunts me, I think. But in that context, I don't see an end for x86 in gaming. I know, right? How are you going to emulate x86? Uh, people have emulated other funky stuff. Yeah, but how are you going to play like freaking Doom Eternal? I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. Emulated. Like, it's not... But I mean, we, maybe in PCIe Gen 11. Yeah, like, like that's I, what I'm talking... It might be that far ahead. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's a little weird, but we'll see. Dash D asks... Oh, sorry, go ahead. That's your job. What's the best way to handle a hot PC in a room you can't air condition over the summer? 
Conducting. Yeah. He's not wrong. We should do a video on that. Have we not? We haven't done a video on just like ducting an intake. Like, man, for for under 50 bucks. Yeah, pretty cheap. Okay, you can get some some ducting, a fan, some tape, and you can considerably cool your room in the summer. And like if you do it properly, like if you get actual ducting and stuff, it won't even look like that bad. It'll look pretty bad. It's going to look bad. If I do, it, but it'll look bad. You can also do it with cardboard for basically nothing. That will look bad. Yeah. But it'll work. Or do what Taryn did and just have it outside of your room. Like his Intel upgrade video. Yeah. That also works. <laughs> Ducting um, to cool your PC. He's making a note. Room. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're totally going to do that video. Uh, while you type that down, from Avrohom. Sorry if that's wrong. Do you think it's a good idea to use port forwarding to remotely access my NAS? If not, is there a more secure way you can recommend? I'll let Luke handle this one. Um, I know that having open ports is generally not the best. An alternative, that I do not have. It depends on how their NAS is set up. Um, it depends on how they want to access it. Like, there's, there's, there's a lot more that you would need. I would need to know. Yeah, try posting in our forum. Uh, yeah. We have a lot of smart people that will definitely help you out. Yes. From Samuel. Uh, but yeah, probably not the ports. But yeah. Like it's... I don't know. A anytime you open it up at all, there's going to be security problems, which is why I don't really want to say something. Um, but like remoting in is a solution. Uh, having a private VPN is a solution. That's how a lot of companies do that type of stuff. Um, if you're comfortable with setting that up, then sure. Yeah, I definitely just, more secure. My hesitation there was if you didn't already know that, it might be hard. Uh, but there are guides on how to do that stuff. I think you guys even have one. Yeah. Uh, so maybe watch the LTT one. Uh, last I looked at it, it actually looked like it was still fairly up to date. So maybe check that out. Um, but yeah, most companies do... VPNs. And whatever you do, don't take advice from YouTube chat where uh, Mr. Sharples over there says, DMZ the NAS. Nice. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Please no. But yeah, it, it depends on it depends on what you want to do with it, I would argue. Like if you're if you're trying to play music on your phone anywhere in the world, it might need to be a little bit more open. ITechCat asks, with Linus's workstation as a rack server and his rack at home, to draw the noise and heat away from where he works in games, does that mean he could just log into his workstation from different stations, like one day in the office, next from the comfort of his bed? Okay, so the way that's set up is with optical display port and USB connections. For that reason, yes, I could access it from anywhere, but only wherever I ran optical display port and optical USB, because otherwise I am limited by the by the bandwidth. And realistically, it's not really a bandwidth limitation. It's an encoding and decoding uh, performance limitation of Ethernet, right? So typically when you remote into a station, at best you're doing like maybe 60 megabit per second if you're using NVENC for encoding. Yeah, and it's costing you about a frame at 60 FPS of, of time for that encode and decode process. 
plus network transit time. So it's going to be blocky. You're not going to have support for advanced features like VR or HDR or anything like that. So yes, you can access the station from anywhere, but that's just, that's basically Parsec. So at home, what I'm doing is I'm using USB and DisplayPort and Thunderbolt to have it be exactly like I'm sitting right in front of it. There's no additional latency and no quality loss. So it's a pretty different solution. Tony B in full plane chat said, if you do use a VPN, still secure the service as if it was exposed to the internet. The VPN is in addition to that security, not in place of it. That So that's what I'm kind of saying. Like the second you start accessing it remotely, you open yourself to security concerns. That's just, it's just how it be, my dude. So yeah, I'm not saying you sh necessarily shouldn't do it, um, but yeah. <clears throat> From Eric. What happened to the $1 million computer series? <laughs> Jake was busy helping me finish my house. <laughs> so are they going to ask for it back? Yeah, yeah. It's going back at some point, but uh, Jake needs to finish working on it. I think he actually did put some work into it this week, but nice. Um, he's been covering for someone else this week as well. So I don't think he put in as much work on it as he wanted to. Hopefully, we'll shoot another segment next week with like some actual benchmarks. From Alexander, how have the creases been on your fold? I have mine, and it's getting horrible crease marks, and the screen protector they say not to remove is starting to tear and crease. Funny you asked. Luke, what do you see at the top of my screen? Oh, it's starting to bubble out. Yeah, this just happened. You can actually probably see it from there. Yep. It just started to separate in the last maybe couple of weeks. So it made it a long time. I didn't even think the screen protector was removable, to be honest with you. I thought it was a, a permanent part of the display, but it appears to be not because you can kind of see it coming away at the bottom here too. Mm -hmm. That's pretty rough. Should I try and peel it off all the way? Are you, no. Are you able to do that? I, I remember hearing very early on in this device's life that people didn't realize that it was actually like a part of the screen and they peeled it off and it broke things. I thought that was the second gen one. Maybe. I don't know. I actually can't remember. Twitch chat obviously is like, yes, now. Yeah, I think I'll wait for someone a little more level-headed to 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 pitch in here. Should we? Do we have the new thing, the polling system? No. Oh, all right. Well, never mind. People are like, yeah, yeah. Float planes like, no, do not. Web, web version's done, but there you we go. Need stop, to... stop. No, it's not removable. Don't. Well, Let's that sucks then because week. it's gonna get to the point of not being very pleasant to use. Like this is clearly visible. Oh, that's. Terrible, actually. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's off. Uh, okay, that one's kind of hard to see from there, but you I have can, like the worst bump. Yeah, I can. It's yeah, yeah. It's like having an awful notch. Yeah, or notch. There we go. Yeah, yeah. If you do do it on stream, all right, forget it. I mean that for sure on that one. From Michelle Linus, do you still like the unified doorbell you had installed at your old house? Yes. That was a latency. Do you have any experience with any other smart door doorbells? I don't have experience with other ones, but what I know about the unify one is that it doesn't upload the comings and goings at my house to anyone else, and I like that. I can, the latency is, I don't know, it's, it's usable. Usually I can catch people before they leave the door, but as always, it depends on your mobile data connection. The, the feature that was missing at the beginning that drove me crazy is the ability to replay 
with one touch, the person coming and going. So a lot of the time, if I took if I took 30 seconds to get to the notification, I would have to go painstakingly scrub and try and find the exact moment that someone came to the door. And it wasn't very good at expanding and shrinking the timeline back then, but it's really good now. So you can either look at it live and, and talk to them immediately, or you can go back to the event and just see what it was. Because a lot of the time, it's just someone coming up, ringing the doorbell, leaving a package and going. From Micah, we've actually gotten this question a few times. Do you have any thoughts on the Matter smart home ecosystem? Yeah, I I I'm super stoked on it, but there's just it's not ready yet. So for all the good it does me, I mean, that's the thing about technology, right? Is you can keep waiting, 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 waiting for the next big thing around the corner or at some point you just have to buy something and enjoy it. So that's what I decided to do. I went I went Z-Wave and we'll see how that goes. Yeah. There was a there was a question in here that that I don't know what happened to it, but it was asking me if I would ever consider building a mineral oil machine again. Um, and I wanted to address that because I'm still thinking of ideas, but if my name ever gets drawn in the Intel extreme thing, uh, I was thinking of making Linus build another mineral oil machine as, as a joke. I've been actually considering it just because I think it would be so funny. We have the facilities to probably do it as well as Puget or better now with the, with the workshop and everything. Like it could actually be pretty sick. Um, so I've been considering it, but like I'm far from dedicating to it. And I mean, my name would have to be drawn and there's kind of a few people that work here now. So it, I mean, it, my name might just never be drawn. So it might also just not happen. Um, yeah. Yes, definitely do that, by the way. Somebody suggested a, a desk mineral oil PC. So you can just combine both of Linus's least favorite types of builds. Oh, no. Oh, no. The amount of places that that could start leaking. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> no. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> one, one of the really nice things about fish tanks is you usually try to find ones that are that are solid piece on the bottom. So that there isn't like a, a yeah. seal point. Um, that's often a, a, a very notable benefit. Use 3M Novec. I mean, I guess if I'm getting the company to pay for it. I don't think you'll be able to afford it. Probably not. Not in that. Yeah, it's so expensive. Crazy expensive. There are some other alternative stuff these days um, that, that isn't as expensive as Novec. I, I would I would dive into it more if we were actually doing it. But yeah. From Exode. Have you guys heard anything about eLeap OLED technology that came out about a month or so ago? No, but I saw this merch message ahead of time, so I pulled up an article about it. Apparently, it's from Japan Display Inc. It allows much, much brighter OLEDs and with better longevity, and apparently, it's not just a lab experiment. This is actual display technology that they are ready to start shipping sooner rather than later. It sounds Really exciting. Sounds like between QD OLED from Samsung and LG juicing up their existing OLED and Japan Display um, unveiling this new method of making OLED TVs that things are about to get, competition's about to get fierce, which is always good, it's good. for pricing for the consumer. Very good. So I'm jacked. From Aaron. Hello, Linus and Luke. Hope the new house construction is going smoothly. 
What are your thoughts on manufacturing or manufactured moving to smart bulbs and Internet of Things in terms of cybersecurity? It's bad, <laughs> but I want to try it. It's like a problem. So I'm going to do it, basically. <laughs> IoT botnets, IoT botnets, IoT Woo! botnets. Woo! <laughs> uh, from Christopher, have you seen all the new stuff from Aya, the slide, Neo2, Flip, etc.? cetera? Uh, yes. I, uh, ooh, what can I say? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. What's the flip? Oh, they're, they're doing so much right now. I cannot figure out how they have all the money, the money. That they need to, to yeah. work on all these projects. Uh, they've got an Indiegogo campaign going right now for, oh, which one is it? I can't remember which one, but there's a there's a campaign running right now. I'll just check my Clamshell Windows handheld. Interesting. Yeah, they've got some really cool stuff going on is right now. Is it dual screen? I'm not seeing very good pictures. Yeah, the Air is the one they have an Indiegogo campaign. It's funded already. I, as far as I can tell, it's less about actually getting funding and marketing. more about taking pre-orders and marketing and all that kind of stuff. The Air looks pretty sick. I'm looking forward to checking that out. I think they should start doing it on their own site so they can stop paying Indiegogo for doing almost nothing. But that's just my opinion. Kitty Kitty in Floatplane Chat says, Hey, Linus and Luke, hear me out solid block of acrylic machined out i was i've had a lot of funky ideas i was i was thinking potentially even custom glass can you get a solid block of acrylic probably i don't know solid acrylic blocks i mean here let's uh let's learn shall we i mean that thing looks big i don't know i can never i can never tell this is one by one by one inch like i want a big one that would be heavy, you know? At a certain point, even just, you know, cheap, crappy acrylic or whatever gets heavy. Lucite block. Okay, this is all just like cute little little decorative stuff. Okay, large acrylic block. Acrylic acrylic cylinders up to eight feet in size. Now we're talking. Oh nope, that's not quite what I had in mind. Okay then. <laughs> I don't know what came up. Acrylic blocks out water. Mm hmm. Okay. Well, those are like windows or something. Clear extra large block. Well, clearly this requires a little bit more work than what I was willing to put into it live. Acrylic can apparently also be cast. Hmm. Mm. Cool. All right. As a follow-up to the Ionia question and you pulling it out earlier, have you still been using the Steam Deck? I prefer the Ionia. I like the smaller, more compact shape of it. One thing that's really cool about the Steam Deck, though, is the way that the thermal mod that we did on it unlocks extra performance. That was pretty sick. But yes, I've been using the Ionia Pro um, I forget. Is that what this one's called? Ionio Ionio Next Pro. Sorry, that's the that's the one that I've been using. And a big part of it, honestly, is that I'm just lazy. I don't like setting things up more than once. And the OS drive that I have in there is one of those eight terabyte Sabrent ones. So I can just dump absolutely everything onto it. Emulated games, Steam games, whatever. It's all just 
dumped onto here. I never have to think about it. I don't set it up again. I just, each INEO, I just pull it out and put it into the next one. That's pretty sweet. So I got a system here. <laughs> That's cool. In that same beat, uh, there was a question for Luke. Did you cancel your Steam Deck pre-order or have you been tempted by Aya products? Um, I actually have been tempted by Aya products for some like thing reasons that honestly shouldn't necessarily matter too much, but I think aesthetically they just look awesome. Um, like that retro one you showed off, yeah, was so cool. Like I, it was just sweet. They're just kind of uh, nerds. They are geeks or whatever, whatever the right term. You is. can tell, yeah, uh, just awesome. Um, I have not canceled it at this point. I'm not feeling super motivated to buy but I've had a bunch of friends say like, Hey, like I would like pay the purchase cost if you could yeah. get it for me. And I'm like, okay, well I'll hold my reservation. Um, I'm not going to like, you're going to scalp it. No, you're going to scalp it. Luke? No, I'm not going to, scalp you're going to be it. a filthy, dirty, rotten, ugly, awful, was... stinky scalper. We got a little specific there at the end. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I might like, you I know. don't think you're ugly. Yeah. Uh, thank you. It's appreciated. Um, but yeah, it's very likely I'll hand it off to someone else in my life that was unable to get uh, a reservation. So, yeah. Yeah, don't scalp, but just know I will pay double. I will. <laughs> Bell, you're part of the problem, officially. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, from Keith, is there any recent books you've read and enjoyed for either of you? I don't find nearly enough time to read. I read a lot of articles. I I keep up with world events a lot more than I used to. But my problem with reading is that the second I start something, I it's unlikely that I will sleep until I finish it. And so I'm, I'm afraid to pick up new books because it kind of destroys my life for a couple of days. I know that's like a really horrible cop-out stupid response to that but i don't read much fiction for that reason <laughs> i'm gonna also cop out slightly but i will give two books um these were uh tyler and i used to share book recommendations back in the day um and these were my two favorite ones that he ever suggested to me one of them is uprooted by uh Naomi Novik and the other one is Barsk the Elephant's Graveyard by Lawrence M Schoen. Uh those were those were some of the first books that he ever recommended to me and they are both fantastic. I'd highly recommend them. Oh. Matthew B says, "I took the protector off my Fold 3 due to the same issue. It's basically just a normal protector, just take it off slow." It's nothing inbuilt that ruins the display. Should I go for it? YOLO. Do it. F it. We'll do it live. Yeet. Okay, we ready? Uh, oh, I guess... Uh, do you need a tool? Do you need something to help? Um, are you just going to go at it? I think I'm just going to go at it. I mean, there's enough of a gap there. I feel like I can just get a fingernail in it, you know? Whoa. Wait a second. Did you hear that sound when I opened it? I didn't. Did you hear that? Like, like, there, that sound? The whole thing came off. Whoa. Look at that. There's a whole line that is separated down the middle. That just happened. So it's, it's like sticking. 
Oh, wow. And That's unsticking. super audible when you put it up to the yeah, mic. Yeah, maybe it wasn't so much that I heard it as that I felt it when I did it. So uh, here, hold on. I'm just going to I'll turn so you guys can see if it busts it, then you'll be the first to know. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, yeah, that's no problem. That appears to be just a screen protector. I'm kind of impressed it last this, lasted this long then. Yeah. Well, where do I get a new one now? Like, does Samsung make this screen protector available? Because it's pretty good. It actually feels very glass-like. Honestly, I think I kind of like the feel of the screen protector better than the screen itself. Here, try out both. <laughs> yeah. It feels like uh, smoother, almost. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe there's some right. adhesive on the screen or something? I, no, I don't think so. It's just it's, just, it's a very plasticky screen because it's not glass, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Interesting. All right. Oh, hey, it looks, uh, looks nice and clean now, so that's cool. Bring up some content here. Oh, got some Bob's Burgers, you know? I haven't seen the movie yet. I'm going to go see it. There's a movie? Yeah, there's a Bob's Burgers movie. I did not know. Yeah, Bob's Burgers having like a moment right now. <laughs> All right. From I Blow It Sports. And your earbuds in, and you've mentioned it today as well. Uh, I do the same with my Sony XM4 earbuds, Sony Fall Asleep with audiobooks. Are you concerned at all about long-term hearing loss about using headphones while sleeping? Oh, oh, specifically, I, whatever, asks, mentions um, noise cancellation. Um, no, I can't say I've ever had any concerns about that. I haven't noticed any problems up until now. I don't turn them up, that's for sure. And I don't think that they would be counteracting any strong sound waves coming in if I'm just sleeping with them. To be perfectly honest with you, I have thought about before and meant to research it, and I do not know the answer to the question of whether active noise cancellation, you know, when, so you've got the wave, right? And then you've got the wave that cancels it out, whether it actually mitigates any damage that would be done to your ear by a very loud noise. I, I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Um, maybe someone else does. Uh, it seems like it would be fine. Something I'd throw in there is because we just because we're talking about like hearing, not a doctor hearing loss and stuff like that. Something that I've been concerned about uh, is the buddies. <laughs> they can sometimes be really loud. Yeah. Um, and they they sit like right next to me all the time. Um, so I've started to be concerned about that. I might be looking into. I don't want to because I love my headphones, but I might be looking into like closed back headphones or something to try to like isolate from from the freaking birds the budgies uh they're often fine but when they're like real amped up for whatever reason on some day and they're just like burp, 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 just yeah, like sometimes constantly. when i call they're just like they just oh my goodness yeah yeah so when they're in like that mood um it it yeah i i get a little concerned because i think they can go up to like 70 decibels Oh, I would say they're probably higher than that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm going to look it up. Budgies. Oh, apparently, yeah, about 70. About 70, yeah. 
Wow, lovebirds will hit 83? Some birds can get really up there. I mean, they got to they got to get that love out there, you know? I think I think the the luck with the budgie is it's literally too small pr- to produce any more noise. It's like physically incapable. They weigh 30 grams. Like there's, there's only so much they can accomplish. Uh, yeah. Wow, all right. Question here from Alex. Linus, have you made a decision on your main TV and your gaming monitor yet? Have you looked at the Sony A95K? Ah, there will be a video on that very soon. I can spoil it for you a little. The Sony is really, really nice. Like, wow, really nice. <laughs> one of the one of my pro arts died. One of my like super old school pro oh, arts. Oh, really? Yeah. So one of them's still working, and then my like main gaming monitor is obviously fine yeah one of the pro arts is out and i don't like being down to two monitors so i've been trying to figure out like do i like splurge and get a new gaming monitor do you go big do i go big do you go multiple do i get a third again if Uh i get a third if like i could cheap out and just buy like another 24 inch 1080p monitor for like nothing and just get a third monitor up again that's probably fine like that's probably what i'll do that's probably what i'll do because I was thinking about upgrading the gaming monitor, but I honestly like it has all the features that I really want right now. I like 1440p like gaming. Hertz, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 165 hertz, 1440p. They have 4K 240s now. I can't run most games at that anyway. No one can. Samsung yeah. Samsung uh, has a display that'll do 4K 240 hertz. Like, I'm sitting here going, "Sweet, what's that man, for? What can run that?" Yeah, exactly. So like, I I I think. I still feel like my monitor is still at kind of a sweet spot. I have really liked 1440p and really high refresh rate, so it's fine. So yeah, I'll probably just buy a cheap extra monitor, but yeah. Just wait till you see the QD OLED monitors. Yeah. They'll spoil you forever. Yeah. They're really nice. Yeah. But then like, those aren't really a thing, you know? Yeah, right there's now. only one. Yeah. So like, I think now is not the time. Yeah. Uh, from Kyle. Hi, Linus. What do you think about electric motorcycles like the Zero lineup? Any chance we'll see them on LTT or Short Circuit? I wanted to like the Zero motorbike that I went and test drove. Um, here, hold on, I'm gonna bring it up and I'll see if I can. I'll see if I can find the one I test drove. I I think you know we've gotten to the point where range has gotten reasonable enough that they make sense. I think that Zero has some models that look really cool. This is the SRS. I believe it was like a, a year ago or two years ago model that I that I tried, but this was basically the one that I test drove. It is wicked fast. Um, where's the actual Where's the actual specs here? 140 foot pounds of torque, 110 horsepower. There's an upgrade to a 17 17.3 kilowatt hour battery. Uh, where's the acceleration top speed 124 miles an hour you do not need to go faster than that i will tell you that much ladies and gentlemen (laughs) full specs do they have like a zero to 60 or anything like that in here range oh my goodness where's your zero to 60 why do you not have a zero to 60 like front and center the only reason i can think of is because maybe it's bad but the point is it's very torquey I actually walked into the I walked into the dealership like with the money already funding secured, you know, like I had a combination of cash, debit and credit that would allow me to just buy one, walk out that day. 
And I was going to just do it. And Yvonne was like, okay, you need to test drive it. I'm like, no, no, it's cool. And my bike is like, it needs a whole bunch of work. And I just want to sell it and start over with something fresh. I want to go electric. I want to be able to just like charge the bike, not go to the gas station. I hate going to the gas station on the bike. It's just a hassle because you got all your gear and everything. It just sucks. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Electric motorcycle. She's like, you need to test drive it. I'm like, I didn't make an appointment. I'm just going to, I'll just buy it. Okay. turns out one of the people who worked there, one of the sales representatives was a fan was like, ah, we'll, we'll find you an appointment. Cause this was peak COVID times. Right. So it must've been a year ago. And, uh, yeah, yeah. To book everything in advance. And there's only three people allowed in the store and blah, 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 or whatever. Right. So I take it out for the ride and they put it in the equivalent of chill mode. I don't know. That's the Tesla terminology for it, but it basically it's not like super crazy torquey. They put it in chill mode and I'm riding down the road and I'm like, wow, this is really soulless. It's like boring. So I turn it up to whatever the next notch is and then I turn it up another notch and it's just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so I got back to the dealership um, where they were expecting to take my money for a bike and instead, I booked an appointment to bring in my SV, uh, SV650S. Uh, it's 2003. It's nothing special. It's worth like nothing now. Um, to bring in my SV650S and spend more than it's actually worth on just getting it full. New, new tires, new chain. <laughs> just I needed a whole bunch of stuff. Brought it in. Got it done up. And I've been happily riding it this season. So glad that I did not go for an electric bike. <laughs> I just, I can't, it's, oh, I, I'm not even, I'm not even a motorhead. I'm not even like, I don't, I don't, I don't need that stuff, but it just, oh, I, I drive a Volt for crying out loud. I, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Last question here from Oliver. And again, a few other people, surprisingly, what was the motivation be behind switching from Google workspace to teams for communication at LMG? Well, Google kept telling us Hangouts was going to go away, and it's still not gone. They're still, it even seems like they're pushing it. They've, they've added development. Have yeah. you seen this crap? Look at this. Okay, I go to share something. Watch this. I go to share, and I'm like, Gmail. Oh, okay. Well, oh, wait, what just happened? Not, what the, what was that? It doesn't matter. The point is, I go to share something, okay? Watch this. I click Gmail. It's like, do you mean Gmail chat? No, I don't mean chat! I mean, Gmail, you even have a separate icon for Gmail chat. You saw it. I swear. I swear you saw it next to it before, right? The Gmail chat one. Sure. Yes. Like, no. Why are you adding an extra click? I'm trying to email something. You are not chat anymore. You told me you're not chat anymore. And, and like the, the, the way that Google has dealt with their chat systems, like part, part of this question is, would you consider switching back? It's like, yeah, no. Can't trust them. Yeah, exactly. Um, because like moving an entire company to a new chat system is like really frustrating and, and genuinely has a cost to it. Um, so like, no, you don't really want to do that. Um, would I have suggested teams? No. Well, you tried Slack and it was a nightmare. I don't understand. I, I was not getting notifications. I, I was don't get not notifications getting notifications for done. Teams. I literally showed I know, you a screenshot I know, that no, I got I a notification on Teams 172 days late. Teams I have off. a screenshot of this. It literally says in the thing, like how long ago did this message come in? 172D as in days. Yes. Teams is 
a, a joke. dumpster fire. Yes. It is. I know. But we tried Slack and it didn't work. We, so I don't know what had, to tell you. We've also had a lot of notifications problems with Slack. I would say that recently it's been a lot better. Um, but yeah, we had notification problems a lot in the past as well. Um, yeah, Lapsed Memory says Google had such a head start in the collab workspace and they just uh, squandered it, really. It wasn't that long ago that Office 365 was a joke. And now, does anyone use anything else? Yeah, yeah. It's the same kind of thing with like MSN Messenger. Like Microsoft had Discord. And not just not just Discord. Microsoft like Discord for had like too. MySpace I mean, and Facebook too. Uses. MSN yeah. Messenger had a social network. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They had everything. They could have owned everything. <laughs> like, like actually, <laughs> they just tossed it. <laughs> I mean, while we're at it, Zoom. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's it for the show today. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. We will see you again next week. Same bad time, same terrible channel. But you like it. You know you like it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>